This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Power Talk, the masterclass. And it is indeed a masterclass today about teaching. Rather, I'm choking. Teaching your children how to be um, financially literate. It's the hard conversations. And I think it's a difficult one because every parent wants to spoil their little one. Um, Every parent doesn't want their child to be left out. And so when their peers are getting those Xboxes and Playstations, um, you don't want your child to be the one without it. You know, so you find the money for it. And some are digging very very deeply. And so the question is how to teach children to just, you know, be a little bit more sensitive. And so we're joined by Maya Fisher-French. She's a personal financial journalist or specialist in personal finance. She's the author of Maya on Money, Implement Your Money Plan. She speaks to uh, professionals and companies around money planning but there is this category of people we forget about and those are the children we love the children we really want to provide things we were denied when we were younger Um, the children living in a very cosmopolitan um, consumerist environment in cities like Johannesburg and the children who will be bullied by other children for not having so how do you really approach and broach the subjects of money management with children. Maya Fisher-French, good morning. Good morning. And what a, what a sensitive topic we're going to be covering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So, you know, when you're dealing with family finances, it's you first and what you earn and where you have debts and your liabilities and where you have responsibilities and then enter the little ones. So how do you get into that headspace? You know, it's it's very important, I think, that we have conversations with our children about family finances. I, I think people think that kids are too young to deal with it or they don't want to talk about it. Or maybe just as a family, you don't feel comfortable talking about money. Mm. But it's an extremely important conversation. And people always say to me, they say to me, you know, Oh, they should teach teach financial education at schools. And yes, I agree with it. It'd be very important. It'd be really helpful if the schools taught people about basic things like interest and compounding and all that. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, your children are going to learn about money by what they learn at home and the conversations that are having around the dinner table. And I think you can use those opportunities to really curate some very interesting conversations. And it, it is challenging when when you know your child's asking you for things that you. And I'm not going to use the word afford because I think that's the mistake we make. We say, I can't afford that. It's not about affording that. It's about choices. Um, what is the value system of this, of this family? And what are we prioritizing as a family in, in our finances? But it does actually, I'm afraid, require the parents to have some kind of understanding of their own finances. So for me, it starts off with the parents knowing what's going on with their money, what their priorities are and how they're managing it, and then using that opportunity to bring their children in to those conversations. Okay, let's start there with the parents. Uh, Which parent doesn't know what's happening with their money? I mean, your money comes in, you pay all your debit orders, and then your money's run out. Everybody knows what's happening with their money, no? (laughs) I think what I think that's the, more importantly is that is is the understanding of what are the, the the consequences of money management. So I promise you, you say that a lot of parents don't know what's going on with their money. Most people, if you come to them at the end of the month, you say, "What do you spend your money on?" 
Do you know? <laughs> so, so when you're talking to your child, so say, for example, your child now wants something. They say, oh, so-and-so's got this. I want it. You've got to be able to sit down with them and say, you know what, this is how much income we get as a family. This mm. is how much we put towards, um, or, you know, depending on the age, you can yeah. use actual numbers or say we get money in and we buy food and we pay for the house and we buy for electricity and I buy you clothes and mm. I do this and I do that. So, you know, and then for the things that we really want, um, we save towards them. So let's talk about that. How much would this be? And, you know, have those conversations with them. But I think most families actually don't really have a proper handle on, on their money. And I think the debts are overwhelming and they're mm. feeling very, very stressed about it. So when the child comes and says, oh, why can't I have this? It's often a negative reaction. Mm. And it's sort of, well, we can't afford this. And, you know, what are you thinking? Mm. And, they, and that can often, often create a lot of fear in the child. Mm. So I think it is, it's important that you actually are able to have a kind of calm conversation around these things mm. um and i think also over time as children get older they need to understand the real cost of living because mm. you know if you say your child's getting a hundred bucks for pocket money mm. they may feel that a thousand rand is a fortune of money you know <laughs> um until they discover that that fills a tank of petrol um <laughs> so i think these are yeah. you know these are, are part of the conversations and why it's so important to bring our children into into the conversations um about what where the money's the family's money actually mm. goes every month let's talk about the pocket money because obviously the quantums vary from family to family, but the principle is the same. You're giving a child a little bit of money to, you know, spend it on themselves, self-care. But some parents will say, do whatever you like with the money. Other parents will say, I'd advise you to save a little bit of your pocket money. What is wisdom? You know, again, it comes down to family values. So I would start off actually as a family and understand your family values. Like, what does it matter? And you can have these conversations around the table. Like, what does it actually matter to us as a family? Mm. So say, for example, you the kids may say, well, I, we, we're going on holiday at the end of the year. I would really love, we're so excited about our holiday. We'd like to have spending money for the holiday. Then you can build that in and you say, okay, well, part of your pocket money let's save part of that pocket money towards the holiday. Um, so you create, because I mean, to tell a child to save for the sake of saving is very difficult. Um, even we, we, I promise you, try and get a 30-year-old to save for their retirement. That's hard enough. <laughs> now you're telling some child just save because it's good to save. So, so identify goals. Um, and if the child, there's a specific item the child wants, you say, okay, if you save a certain amount of your pocket money, I will match it um, mm. so that you're encouraging saving. So goal-based saving really works very well for kids. So I think that's probably a good starting point. But how you can use pocket money, again, it, it is age-related. Age so, you know, if your child's maybe six years old, yeah. you can have a very different, um, you know, reason for the pocket money. And maybe mm -hmm. it is just so that they can buy their, their sweets at the tuck shop. But certainly as the child's getting older, and especially for teenagers, I, I've used this so effectively. And I think teenage years are such a brilliant opportunity to teach financial management to children in the sense that you can say to them, okay, this is how much we're spending on your toiletries and your clothes and your entertainment, mm. for example. So we're going to give you pocket money. We're going to actually give you an allowance every month. Now it's your responsibility and you will get to decide how much you want to spend and, and what you want to do with that money. And, and that is an amazing way at a very young age to allow them to actually figure out their priorities. Mm. Um, I'm afraid if you have boys, they may pass up on the deodorant, um, you know, to have, <laughs> to have other things. The, the girls may, may be slightly different, but it is a way for you to kind of help them um, and assist them to actually manage money in their own accounts. And having a bank account, really, really, really good idea mm. to, for your kids to learn to have a bank account at a young age and learn how to manage that bank account. Um, let me tell you, when my son first 
had bounced you know he'd go he'd go and buy stuff and it would it would be rejected and then on the app i showed him that it was costing him eight rand fifty when he did that he learned very very quickly how to go check his app and his balances before spending and yeah. you know you want your children to be doing that in a safe environment not the day they get their first paycheck yeah. let me tell you that's where it all goes pear-shaped yeah so what i've observed um because i'm an aunt rather than being a mom but what i've observed with my nephews um some of the parents are strict Others are more lackadaisical. So I have a brother who'll give pocket money. But, you know, if my nephew runs out of pocket money halfway through the month, dad's going to fix it without asking a question. So there's a sense that many parents also overcompensate. Absolutely. And I think you've got to decide again, what is it that you do? You, uh, I must tell you, I had a parent come to me and said to me, you know, Maya, I grew up in a poor household. Yeah. I had pocket money like if I had to earn my money and if I kept my birthday money. I had to keep all of those things and save to buy something. Yeah. I wasn't just given things. I now have enough money that I can give my children whatever they want. So I don't see the point of pocket money. And I said to her, do you think your children should learn maths or learn to read and write? Mm. Because that's a life skill. And you feel that that's important, but you don't think managing money is a life skill. Mm. So I think that's to throw back saying, what is the point of the pocket money? Or are you, is this an opportunity for you to give your children a life skill? Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that's really, really the way to right. reframe it. And is that is to take it away as saying, oh, um, this is about what we can and cannot afford. And I want right. to show everyone, my children, I can afford whatever I want. And that there's no depri- you know, they're not going to be deprived. That's not teaching them anything yeah. you you want to say you know what the reason that i give you pocket money is so that you can learn a life skill that will help you for the rest right. of your life so i think it is a mind shift a bit of a mind shift for parents as to what the point of the pocket right. money is and what do you do with the aunts like myself and i am that aunt whom you can call me when your parents say no and i and i'll top it up well i think that is an aunt that's your you know that is your discretion but i suppose you could add some value there and say to them okay tell me what you wanted for, um, and you know, and, and maybe even and help them have that discussion, um, and say, well, you know, what is it that you wanted for? And I want to tell you something very interesting. If you mm. want to understand the value system of your child, mm. give them their own money and see what they spend it on, and then mm. see what they spend your money on. <laughs> yeah, very, very different things. So when money comes easily, they spend it on things that are actually not that important to them. But mm. when they have to save for something, believe you me, they identify very quickly what matters to them. And so think, maybe as an aunt, you can be encouraging them yeah. to save towards certain goals and getting them into that discipline. Right. And of course, as an aunt, you should definitely be opening up a savings account for them. Okay. Um, an investment account, starting their investment. I yeah. did that uh, with my nieces and nephews as well. And um, okay. it it was a very powerful thing. Uh, it was actually quite amazing how much that money became quite quickly. Um, and, and that's perhaps as an aunt the biggest gift that you can give your, mm. your nieces and nephews. Okay, that's, 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 that's um, a very important intervention. And there's a reason I'm asking you this, Maya, because, you know, in Africa, a child is not part of a nuclear family. It takes a village to raise this child. And so the parents are the primary givers. You know, it's their primary responsibilities. But other people are here. Grandparents are here giving gifts, uh, buying extra packets of sweets, buying extra winter clothes. There's a whole ecosystem here. And the question is, if you're trying as a parent to teach your children some values, other people are also playing this role. And if you've got a grandmother who loves to spoil and you're busy trying to teach your child the value of money, you've got many counter forces working with you and against you. 
you know, I know this feeling because my, my sister always <laughs> buys my children a huge amount of sweets. She would arrive at the house with all of these sweets and my kids would just take them and get completely high on sugar and be, be totally ungovernable. Um, and I'd say to her, please don't do that. You know, it's not, that's not helping me. <laughs> so mm, mm, this, is, this is an ongoing struggle no matter what it is. But I think it is, maybe it's important to look in your own uh, construct. It's actually lovely when the, when, when the granny arrives and has, and has a present for the child, right? Mm. There's nothing wrong with that. If, if she arrived and gave you a gift, it would be, it would be lovely, you know? Mm. So one must say, at what point is it just a lovely thing to have um, mm-hmm. and just a treat and, and a way of, you know, of spoiling your, your grandchildren? Right. And when does it become undermining to the parents? And I think if mm. you feel that you're being undermined by the behavior, then that is a conversation to have with the family members and saying, you know what, this is what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to teach so my child to save towards this particular mm-hmm. item they want because it's part of a learning process. So why don't you, instead of buying it for them, contribute yeah. towards it right. um, and put it in their bank, help it put it in their bank account so they can learn the value of it. So I think mm-hmm. it, it is about, as again, you know what it comes down to? It comes down to being a parent and deciding what right. you want your child to learn and the type of child, very importantly, you want to raise. Yeah. Uh, who do you want your child to be as an adult? Mm. Considerate, caring, mm. gift-giving. Gift-giving and also hopefully financially independent. <laughs> no, gift-giving. I, 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 would, I would say those two things for me matter most. Yeah. Okay, you, you know, c- compassion in a world that is so mm. dark, dark. Okay, so here's the thing. Children are sponges. They suck up and they mirror everything that they see adults, especially um, their parents or their most intimate uh, relationships do. So... If you swear, your kids are likely to be people who swear because they pick it up at home, right? If you leave things hanging around, kids are going to leave things hanging around, losing stuff if you're clumsy. And so if you're not a saver, for whatever reasons, if it's hard for you to save, what credibility do you have asking your child to save? Well, that my, was my opening point, yeah. really, was about parents. You know, you, you, you can only raise children in, in the construct of what you are showing them. So if a child sees, sees a parent who is, you know, is not focused on their money, is not in control of their money. By the way, it, if you are sitting with a lot of debt and a lot of um, stress, that is going straight to your children. So your children will be very, very stressed by in that environment. So it's very important to understand that your own financial, the way you're managing your money financially um, is going to, to impact the psychology of, of your child. Um, and I think that is, it is important to, to, show, to show your children how to save, how to invest. And if you're not doing it, they, you know, they're going to very quickly. Um, I mean, I remember... I remember a parent relating a story um, where her daughter wanted a an, a, a dress for mm. a, a wedding. She was, I don't know, matric mm. dance or something. Mm. I can't remember what the, it wasn't matric dance. It was something else. Mm. And she said to her mom, oh, I've seen this dress for whatever amount of money and I want that dress. And the mom said to her, I can't afford that. She said, of course you can. Just put it on your credit card. <gasps> yeah. Now, the reality is, is that this parent that's what she did herself with her own clothes. She just put on a credit card and hoped to figure it out later. So it shouldn't surprise you if that's the reaction you get from your child. I think she wanted to slap her daughter. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for a moment you've got to step and say, well, where did she get that behavior from? Mm-hmm. Um, am I, is that the behavior I'm exhibiting? So I think it is important that you also start to reflect. I think there is no greater reflection of your own finances than when your child mm-hmm. starts asking you those sorts of questions. Okay. And we live in a society, we know the, the history of South Africa, the complexity of South Africa, where 70% of people are not saving, and or, or rather, 
the majority of people are using 70% of their income to service debts. I think that's a more accurate uh, way of putting it. And children are witnessing this because even though they know it's payday, they know that seven rands out of 10 is settling a debt here, there and everywhere else. And then you need to survive on the little bit extra. So they see this. And the truth of the matter is that even if you want it, to be a good saver. The reality of South Africa is it's just hard at the moment to do it. Absolutely. And again, you know, it's also okay to, I I think it's very important you don't put fear into your children. But I think if you can, you know, if you are in a position, I mean, if you are positioned to give your children some sort of pocket money or, you know, something like that, you can still instill, even within that, some sort of sense of of saving. Now, I mean, I can tell you now, there are many households and, uh, you know, households that that's 18 months ago could save, can't save today because of the interest rates have gone up so much that, that any of those savings that they did have, they ha- have now earmarked to to just paying off the mortgage, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's what's happening. But even within that, there is a conversation that can happen that's saying, listen, guys, we're, you know, these interest rates have been a lot higher and a lot more rapid than we expected. So we, we are not able to save at the moment, perhaps for the holiday or whatever that we were hoping to go on. Mm-hmm. But when interest rates come back down, this is our strategy. This is our plan. We will start putting money away and we still will be able to do it. And I think mm. it's also quite important to have those conversations. Right. If there's things that you're having to cut back on right now, yeah. to say, you know what, We've, we're in this situation, we're having to cut back right now, but it will get better. And when it gets better, right. we'll adjust our behavior again. And again, obviously it depends. If you've got a four-year-old, they're not going to understand mm-hmm. that conversation. But if you've got a 10, 12-year-old, I can tell you at mm. the age of six, my child was asking me questions like, Mom, you know, what happens if you die? What happens to us? You know, who, you know, and you need to be ready to answer those questions. If you're not ready to answer them, you're going to have your child will have a lot of fear and anxiety Mm. around it. And just uh, before I bring in some callers, what do you make of peer pressure? Because even with your best attempts as a parent to be prudent, school, the community, the children whose parents bought them a Louis Vuitton satchel and you can't afford it. What happens there? You know, again, that's going to have to be a conversation that you as a family have about values. Um, I, you know, I, I, what I've always said to my children, you know, we'd pull up next to a, a really fancy car and my son would say, oh, that's such a cool car, such a cool car. I said, you've got to ask that person whether, that, whether he owns it or the bank. Um, <laughs> so I've always tried to reiterate the point that for a lot of people, it's actually credit. They're buying a lot of the yeah. stuff on credit. So it, it's not necessarily a, an indication of wealth. Yeah. Um, and I think also one thing that, that I find that's quite interesting is giving your child some autonomy. Like if a child has their own bank account and their own bank card, Card, for example, mm. that actually gives them quite a sense of autonomy that that they may be able to get even if they see another kid with the Louis Vuitton backpack. Mm. That child may not have the bank account, uh, have a card, and have savings, mm. and you know have a cool app. And so sometimes you can make saving and investing cool, um, and it's not the Louis Vuitton bag. Mm. But you know what? We're all up against that. Mm. We are on a, we're, as adults. We're up against it on Instagram, right. on every where everybody's living again. a better life than we are because we think so. So you've got to talk to your children about it, saying, well, you know, those things are not our value system. We would rather spend the money on a holiday, for example, mm. or whatever. You just redirect the conversation. Okay. I think that that's the important part. Okay. That is Silan Sashanguve. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Go ahead. I'd like to comment on what I'm saying. No matter what the age they are. Because, sorry, my child, one day, he will see the daycare. So, I want to have money 
I won't have uh, fuel for tomorrow to take you to your daycare. Mm. So he told me why. Then I, I told him, like, no, I don't have money. Fuel mm. uh, needs money. To my surprise, he told his mother. His mother tomorrow morning called me, like, come and take the child. I'll give you the money. I was like, wow, this child can understand that. Mm. So that's mm. where I took the process of uh, teaching him how to save, how to do all those stuff. Yeah. Okay, thank you for sharing. Um, thank, you. thank you. So, Maya, basically what Abutsilo is saying is that children are actually more perceptive than we know, even at a very young age, even when they're at kindergarten, daycare age. They can hear the stress, the frustrations, the vulnerability of the parents. And the father was saying to the child, um, I'm taking you to daycare. Let's just hope tomorrow I've got enough uh, gas in the car to take you to daycare. The little one then communicated that same sentence to the mother who then phoned the father to say, listen, I do expect you to do the school run, but I will help you with the fuel money. So what he's basically saying is children are more observant than we know. Completely, and it's such a wonderful teachable moment that that he described there. Because, we, and that's the thing we must be understand. Our children are very aware of what's going on around them. Um, so, so to 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 have the proper conversation, and 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 I think even that becomes a teachable moment. Saying yes, so I've reached this point. So I need to just make sure next month that I've allocated money for fuel for the whole month. And and how does one do that? You and and have those conversations. Or it may be a matter of you know what, because I want to have fuel in the car to. Take you to to to, mm. to daycare. I'm not going to buy you that backpack, mm. you know, this month. I'll buy mm. it next month. So you can start to to help them understand that money is something that you allocate yeah. towards different wants and needs. And and I think it's it's very powerful. Do not think your children don't understand. And how about having tough conversations? So Miss Pumla online, I'm reading your tweet says, my five year old son is struggling to understand that we can't go to playgrounds and play centers every weekend now because I'm saving on fuel, school fees and food. And it's hard to get this message through to a five-year-old. Yeah, and it it is a difficult one when they're young like that um, to understand it. So, you know, you do, I, I actually, I must tell you, when my son was six, we were having a similar, a similar conversation. And, um, I actually just found I had a, a little game that had some tokens in it, like like little mm. I don't know, you know, like if you're playing, um, for example, uh, checkers or something. I don't mm. know, just mm. something. And I piled it up and I said, look, this money goes for for groceries and this money for this and this money for that, and this is the amount of money we have for the fun stuff. So I've got to make this work, you know, every so and and the only the money we've got left for the for the fun stuff is we can go every second every second week yeah. because we've got to do all these other things. So, you know, you, you kind of got to almost show it to them in, in some sort of tangible form and then maybe also say to them, I'm sorry you can't go, we can't go to the, the park this week. Is there something else we could do at home that mm. you would enjoy doing okay. um, and find something to for them to do at home? And I think it's also important for children to learn to – you know, to, to find interesting things to do at home and, you know, be creative. Um, so, so I think it is. It's just simply about, but I think what you mustn't say is we're poor because those sort of things really set in their mindsets and can really affect their future mm. mindsets going forward. So I think it's about gamifying it, making it a bit more fun um, and saying, you know, in two weeks' time we're going and you can do even like a little calendar and a little countdown. So you start to gamify things rather than just mm. being being in denial. Oh, I've loved this conversation, Maya Fisher-French. The words you use, they stay with your children. 
um, if you approach it with a scarcity mentality, you're telling your children that the opportunity for abundance is not there. But you can say no to your children as long as you can explain clearly why that is. And um, you should give them a little bit of money to handle so that they have a sense of the value of money, how far a rand goes, so that they have a sensitivity of sorts. But what research has found, ladies and gentlemen, is that children who are encouraged to talk about money, finances, wants, needs, desires, they tend to do better with it when they're older mm. because they then get a sense of its real value and your principles and values. That is what I've heard today. We hope it's been a useful masterclass. Thank you so much for tuning in to Power Talk this Tuesday. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.